It's time for the Noble Capital Radio Hour with the team at Noble Capital Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Austin area and beyond. Featuring the Vice President of Noble Capital Wealth Management, Jess Hamill, and Financial Advisor, Jonathan Berkland. Here's your host, Walter Storholt. You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Walter Storholt here alongside Jonathan Berkland and Jess Hamill, the fantastic team at Noble Capital Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Austin area. Find us online by going to ncwealth.com. That's ncwealth.com. Guys, I want to talk a little bit today about Roth conversions. And I know that the idea of a Roth conversion is intriguing to a lot of people. And for some people, it might make a great strategy to enact. And so I want to explore the concept with you guys a little bit, discuss pros and cons or when it's appropriate, all those kinds of things. Why in the first place, just to sort of give us a base level here, uh, why would a Roth conversion make sense? Why is it worth considering? And can you give us a little background on what exactly we're talking about here in case somebody's not familiar with the Roth? Yeah, for sure. So a traditional IRA versus a Roth, traditional IRA, money that goes in, goes in pre-tax or it goes in and then you take it back off your tax term. Either way, the money that is in there currently has not been taxed. The growth is also not taxed. So when it is time to utilize that account, every penny in there will be taxable as it comes out at whatever tax rate you're in when you take it out. A Roth, on the other hand, is the exact opposite. So you get paid, whatever's left over after you pay tax, you put into a Roth. The growth in the Roth is tax-free. And when you take the money out, it's just it's considered basically almost all basis. There is no tax on it. So I'm a big proponent for tax-free versus tax-deferred. I see too many clients get caught in the tax-deferred trap where they've socked away a whole bunch of cash over the course of their life, um, took a little bit of a tax break in that one given year, and now they've accumulated a million and a half of tax-deferred income, and it's time to retire. And they're like, look, I'm a millionaire. And I'm like, yeah, congratulations. Every bit of it's taxable. So let's let's hope you're not living a nice lifestyle with a – put you in the higher tax bracket. So yeah, it's painful. It, it needs to be a blend as far as I'm concerned. So Roth conversions are a great way to, one, correct maybe, I don't want to use as severe as a word mistake, but if you put too much of your portfolio in a tax deferred, that is a way to get it out and get it into a tax-free growth. Mm-hmm. Um, the pain point there is that you pay tax when you move it over, which is the biggest um, reason that people don't do Roth conversions. But it's you know to me, I would much rather retire on a larger amount of tax-free income than tax-deferred income. Right. And, and the way we try to coach clients through it is in the years leading up to retirement, hopefully those are some of your highest, highest earning years. So those might, may not be the best years to, to do those Roth conversions. You're going to be paying pretty high rates. But if we can take advantage of the, the first few years out of retirement, maybe we can live off of uh, some amount in savings, um, You know, maybe some other non-qualified investments, meaning after-tax dollars. If we can lower the income uh, just by one, not earning a paycheck, and two, maybe taking some income from dollars that have already been taxed, then we can start doing some of those Roth conversions at lower tax rates that make that a little bit more stomachable. Is that a word? <laughs> we'll make it one. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Palatable. Palatable. There, there we go. go. That's a better <laughs> one. But yeah, we, we can do those conversions uh, at that time and, and really uh, throughout retirement in just bite-sized chunks that make sense and that are kind of easy easy to stomach uh, from a, a tax standpoint. But it all, I mean, it all comes down to the same thing, everything that we preach here, planning. Planning, yeah. You know, so a good example would be, okay, I'm five years away from retirement. I'm making more money than I ever have in my life. I definitely don't want to do Roth conversions now because it's going to be at the, the highest tax rate. So let's start socking some money away. First two years of retirement, I live primarily off of savings, maybe some capital gains, um, you know, other sources that keep me in the lower tax brackets. And at that point, I start converting all the stuff I can up until whichever tax bracket I'm comfortable being in and do it at the lower tax brackets. Right, right. So a lot of people make make the Roth conversion decision 
kind of one time. You look, okay, I've got an account with $100,000 in it, traditional, I want to make it a Roth. Oh my goodness, I'm going to have to pay that much in taxes? Never mind, let's let's not do it. You know, If that's how you're looking at it, do yourself a favor and reanalyze it. Maybe think about just converting 20000 out of the 100000 and maybe that keeps you in a bracket that you're more comfortable with. But now you have, at least you have 20000 that's that's now tax-free and growing tax-free versus nothing, right? So every little gain you can take off the table when it comes to Roth conversions is something. It's just at the end of the day, how much can you stomach from a tax standpoint? Just making sure you play those games correctly. I throw under the mix, you know, I love Roth. I love anything tax-free, right? But unfortunately, those of us that work really, really hard have priced ourselves out of being able to contribute to a Roth. So a lot of people just give up and say, oh, well, I I make too much to contribute to a Roth. And, And there's such a ridiculously easy backdoor that goes through that. It's not even funny. I don't know why they bother, but you can... You can let's say you make a million dollars this year. You cannot contribute to a Roth, but you can still contribute to a traditional, traditional IRA. Yeah. So you put it in the traditional IRA, and then ten minutes later you convert it to a Roth. I mean, it literally accomplishes the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, the backdoor backdoor Roth, yeah. as, as it's known. Somebody yeah, makes so. a little extra on the paperwork there, right? Yeah, but yeah. Even, even so, I mean, it's it's so minimal, it's it's ridiculous. And what's funny is the the people that are making these rules are people that are making too much to contribute to a Roth. So you know they they worked in a backdoor for themselves. <laughs> Figured out something, yeah. I wanted to say the other thing on Roth IRAs. I mean, we're talking about your own retirement income here, but they're, they're such a powerful legacy tool, right? If, if there's some dollars that you're wanting to pass along to the next generation that happen to be within your traditional IRA, do you know that you know when that when that handoff occurs, even if they take it in an IRA rather than take the lump sum, they're going to have to pay RMD. Your beneficiary is going to owe RMD at their age on that account for for the rest, the rest of their, their lives. Life. If it's a Roth IRA. It it's continues tax-free, to grow and it's tax-free. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's you don't have the same repercussions when when you're handing those those dollars off to the next generation. So it's a very powerful tool for yourself, but also for the next generation. So it's something to consider if you're if you're in a spot where you're looking at legacy planning. Maybe you don't do that conversion for yourself. Uh, if you're looking, hey, I'm not going to need this money anyways. What's the point? Why do I pay taxes on it? Well, it might make sense for the next generation. Set them up for some success. So uh, something to think about on the Roth uh, conversion conversation for sure. Exactly. And the one, the one thing I'm also going to throw in there, even if you're not in the super low, super favorable tax position right now, I've said it a million times, the biggest risk to your portfolio is not the market, it's taxes. Yep. So you might think, oh, my goodness, if I convert this right now, it's going to be a 30% tax bracket. I better sit on it and pay taxes through the traditional IRA method. And then 15 years later, you retire, and all of a sudden, you're in the 60% tax bracket because somebody else is in there controlling the taxes, and they think that's more reasonable. So right, right. anything you can do to keep yourself from being in a taxable situation down the road is the best thing to do. I was going to ask you guys if you could give us an example of a person that would benefit from doing a Roth conversion, but it sounds like the list is probably pretty long, so maybe I should flip it around and ask, can you give us an example of somebody who you wouldn't recommend do a Roth conversion? When when would that be the scenario? Yeah, so let's say you have somebody that is, you know, the typical average mean, you know, income American, somebody that's contributing to their 401k, they are most likely going to live off of Social Security in a slow spin down of their 401k. And they weren't in the high tax bracket to begin with. So they're going to pay tax on that money no matter what. Why convert it at 12% today if you're just going to draw it out slowly and pay 12% later on? Other than the risk of tax laws changing. But, right. but usually taxes. those those tax brackets are the ones that are the least affected by it. You know, when the politicians want to raise taxes, they want to raise those evil rich people, right? <laughs> and there's more not evil rich people than evil rich people. So the, the trick for the politician is to find that line 
where they can still get the majority of the people to support what they're doing because somebody else is paying the extra tax. Um, the majority of Americans are not going to be in that higher tax situation yeah. for the most yeah. part. Yeah. So if you, if you have dollars that are maybe um, not in retirement accounts, they're non-qualified dollars, right, in, in the bank, and the most of your money is not in your, your IRA, you might be just fine, right? Just kind of yeah. leaving it alone and paying taxes as you distribute that to yourself in retirement. So that, that makes sense. I, I agree with that one. So if you have any questions about what do I do with this Roth conversion thing or, or do I have a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA and how does that work? Or you're thinking about doing one of these conversions and you're just trying to figure out you know, what, what's the right process for it and how much should I go ahead and convert, uh, do take advantage of our opportunity to come out and, and see us at a seminar. We talk about Roth conversions at the event. We talk about uh, income planning. We talk about tax planning. Those are all key factors in this decision-making process. Um, so come meet us. See if you like us. Um, have dinner on us. And if you do want to come in and talk more about your Roth conversion or potential Roth conversion, that's it's a great opportunity to come in and see us at our office, have a one-on-one conversation, and we can dive into the, the details of that with you uh, in person here at the office. So uh, again, come out and see us at one of our upcoming dinner seminars. Uh, Walter will give you the details. And here you go, 512-492-3800, your number to call or text if you like, if you want to RSVP to one of those upcoming dinner and discussion seminar events, 512-492-3800. Call or text that number and let us know that you'd like to come to an upcoming event. We'll get your details on all the ones that are around the corner and get you RSVP'd and get all your questions answered. So call or text 512 512- 492-3800, or the other method is to go online to ncwealth.com. That's ncwealth.com. Remember, at these dinner and discussion seminars, not only do you get dinner, but you get some great information about some of the common retirement mistakes that others have made and how you can avoid them. Things like paying too much in taxes or the annuity trap. Being aware that procrastination is one of the number one dangers to your retirement success. All of those things and more are discussed at the event, so you'll learn a lot, you'll get filled up, and then if you'd like to come in for a complimentary and customized review of your plan after that, you'll be invited to do that, certainly. ncwealth.com, your place to go online once again to sign up. That's ncwealth.com. More coming up on today's show. You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. If you ever miss a show, don't worry. You can always catch up later with the Noble Capital Radio Hour podcast. Find it on your favorite podcasting apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other platforms. Just look for the Noble Capital Radio Hour podcast or go online to ncwealth.com. Time for another mailbag question here on the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Love answering your questions here on the show. If you'd like to submit one, you can call or even text your question into us at 512 512- 492-3800 or go online to ncwealth.com. Howard has this question. Howard is from Dell Valley and says, now that I'm retired, I need income from my investments. Should I invest primarily in dividend-paying stocks now? Not primarily. Yeah. Uh, not not that the concept of dividend-paying stocks is, is bad per se, but uh, you know the diversified portfolio is, is always what we're going to come back to. So um, in terms of, of building an income plan from the ground up, starting uh, somewhere a little bit safer is probably the way to go. So depending on how much secure income you're looking to have, whether it's 50% of your income needs, 75, 100%, you know, that's kind of going to form our foundation of the income plan. And from there, we can allocate to the market uh, accordingly, whether that's, you know, for income purposes or just for growing a portfolio. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I mean, there are basically, basically four asset classes that we, we deal with here. 
insurance products of various natures, um, real estate, mostly private lending, and then the uh, the market. So when we're going from safest to least predictable, we usually go to you know, whether it's dividend producing or, or not. Uh, it's usually the market products or the the last thing in that in that line there. Yeah, it's a good question, Howard. Thank you for submitting that one to us. A uh, short and sweet answer for you there this time around. If you've got questions like Howard, you can submit them online to ncwealth.com. Get in touch through the website, ncwealth.com, or give us a call or text, 512-492-3800. That's 512-492-3800. Hi, I'm a cleverly devised personification of Wall Street. I'm one wild roller coaster ride away from wreaking havoc on your investments. And I love to mess with your emotions. If you're not properly diversified, you can bet I'll keep you up all night thinking about me. If you want to keep me off your mind, you really need a trusted advisor who will look after your best interests. You also need a custom-designed financial plan that will protect you from market volatility. Otherwise, when I take a plunge, I'll send you scrambling through your filing cabinet, hoping you were well-prepared. Don't wait for turmoil to hit. In the Austin area, reach out to the Noble Capital Wealth Management Team for help building a custom, comprehensive, and complimentary financial plan. Call 512-492-3800. That's 512-492-3800. Or reserve a time to meet online at ncwealth.com. That's ncwealth.com. Talk 13-7, the right choice. You're listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour with Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland. Let's get back to the show with your host, Walter Storholt. Time to open up the mailbag once again here on the Noble Capital Radio Hour, answering your questions. Go to ncwealth.com to submit one. We might feature it on a future show. Here's a question from Paul in Austin. Paul says, I have about $50,000 in cash value in an old life insurance policy. I don't really need the insurance anymore, so should I just cash it out and invest that money somewhere else? Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Depends on what your basis is, because if your premiums going into the policy are less than the cash value and you cash it in, you're going to pay tax on it. That might be a good opportunity to take to super fund another policy, not for the death benefit, but for the cash value. And that's a, we could take an entire show talking about that. But sure. we use life insurance around here a little differently where we can overfund the policy, send in way more than the required premium for the death benefit and allow that money to grow at a tax-free status to be used anytime we want. There are some limits on how much we can contribute to keep it from becoming a modified endowment contract, which makes it taxable. And the best way to get, I don't want to say get around it, but to uh, be able to make use of that is what's called a 1035 exchange, where we take it from one policy to another. So if you have $50,000 worth of cash value in one policy, you could dump that into another policy, add a little bit to it, and grow it probably significantly more and have a tax return on it. Right, and, and the, the reasoning behind transitioning it to a, a different policy is not, not all policies are built to really accumulate cash value in that way, right? So we want to analyze the existing policy and determine if, if there's something viable there or if you're better off moving it to another carrier, another product to get a little bit more value of that if you're looking to utilize it for retirement income or retirement resource. Or, you know, maybe there's another use. Again, we don't know your situation. You might... Um, you know, have just a little bit left to pay off on the mortgage and, and that'll do it for you. And that, that sets you off in a better direction. So at the end of the day, the way most of these questions go, it's we really need to better understand your particular situation. But there's value in life insurance, certainly within that cash value. And 
And uh, just going ahead and pulling that out isn't always the best thing to do in terms of long-term value. So it's something you want to really analyze and take a look at uh, with your advisor to determine the best route forward. We need to uh, rename this segment of the show. Instead of the mailbag, it's the It Depends segment. It Depends, the, yeah. <laughs> all depends. But that really is always the driving force, right? I mean, uh, Paul, it's a great question, but it's hard to answer these things in a vacuum. It always makes more sense to answer these questions in terms of how it impacts your entire financial and retirement plan, at least to have a look at what's going on in those other areas before you pull the trigger on. That's a pretty big decision. You know, $50,000 in potential cash and canceling a life insurance policy these are big choices, and so you want to make sure you're making those things while having a full picture of your financial plan. And if you don't have that full picture, might be a great opportunity to come in and learn a little bit more about what it takes to put together a proper plan for retirement. And you can do that at one of the great events that Jess and Jonathan put on in the area, uh, the, the dinner and discussion seminars where they discuss the common retirement mistakes. We'll talk about things like the danger of not having an income plan. They'll show you some really cool case studies that really show you examples, real-life examples of planning in action. Uh, I think those are the most helpful things at the seminars for sure is to get those true life examples of how people have been helped and how they've avoided some of those common retirement mistakes by working with the team at Noble Capital. Uh, so you can get in touch by calling or texting 512-492-3800. Ask about the dates and times and locations of the upcoming events there. 512-492-3800. Or you can RSVP online and see all the events at ncwealth.com. That's ncwealth.com. And you can sign up for an upcoming dinner and discussion seminar, ncwealth.com. Stay with us. More coming up. You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Do you have a question for the Noble Capital team? Give us a call at 512-492-3800 to get some answers. That's 512-492-3800 or online at ncwealth.com. Time to open up the mailbag on the show today as we have a question from Carla in Round Rock. And Carla says, should I try to get my house paid off before I retire or just pay it off slowly since the interest rate is so low? I've got some pretty strong feeling on that from both directions. I've always been a you know no mortgage kind of guy if possible. Mm-hmm. But if you're already into retirement and you've got a mortgage that's at 2 2.5%, you know, and maybe you're down to, I don't even know what balance, but I mean, if it's, if it's four or $500 a month, leave it. Don't worry about it. Right, right. Something something that's relatively simple to yeah. maintain. Worst, worst case scenario, your kids inherit a house with a little bit of debt on it. It's better than spending all your retirement money just for the privilege of not having a, a small mortgage payment, I believe. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, if, if you know, you can do something else with those dollars that you would just pay it off with a lump sum with, right? If you can, theoretically, if you can get it better than, you know, two and a half, three, four percent, whatever your mortgage rate is, then, then you're, you're, you're doing better, right? You're, you're earning more than... Well, yeah, as long as you're not off. exposing it to risk. Correct. So it's like, what, do you, what are you doing with it? And, and is, that, is that risk correct for, for what you're trying to accomplish? So at the end of the day, there, there may not be necessarily a, quote, right answer, right? But it's, it kind of comes down to gut feel. Do I not want to have that mortgage in retirement and just have that kind of relief off my shoulders and maybe a little bit, little bit lighter in the wallet as a result? Or am I okay if this is a manageable mortgage and maybe I can do something a little bit more productive with my assets than pay off my hopefully relatively low mortgage. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, it depends on the size of the portfolio, obviously. Sure. But the other side of that is, you know, you're in retirement and you just bid off a mortgage five years ago and you got 25 years left and it's a you know sizable mortgage, then I'd say sell the house and get something that makes more sense. You're right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and often, and in fact, here just, just recently we had a, a client come in who 
had just bought a house. I retired, and the first thing I did was go buy a house. And then I came to see you. You know, I'm like, wait, what? This is out of order here. What are, what are we doing? You know. So if you're thinking about buying a house and you haven't yet going into retirement, maybe consult with with your advisor first and kind of get the lay of the land. But if you're already there, and certainly if you're a good ways into into paying it off, and it's something that's manageable, then not a big deal. But you may find more kind of uh, relief just just getting it paid off. So whatever is is most important to you, maybe try to to hedge that direction and then figure out if it's feasible or not uh, and consulting with your your advisor on that. So I think we've done a horrible job of actually answering the question. <laughs> Maybe so, just going um, around in circles. <laughs> so, you know, the, the right answer is is we can't answer that question without really looking more at the portfolio. That is true. That is true. Yeah, we need to, to really understand the situation, but certainly somebody, a trusted advisor, can can help walk you through the steps and determine financially whether paying it off makes sense or if it's okay if you can just you know afford to to keep it and uh, just manage it going through retirement, it, it might be okay as well. If you have uh, questions like that, it might be worthwhile to come and attend one of the dinner and discussion seminars that Jess and Jonathan put on throughout the area, Carla, or if you're in a similar situation to Carla in listening to today's show. If you want to find out about those upcoming events, this is where you can come and learn about some of the common retirement mistakes uh, that people make and how you can avoid them. We're talking about things like taxes and the annuity trap and the problem with investing as if you're still working and, of course, Procrastination is the big one. Uh, you can call or text to find out about those upcoming events and RSVP at 512-492-3800. That's 512-492-3800. Or go online to ncwealth.com. That's ncwealth.com. And you can see the upcoming list of events and RSVP right there from your smartphone or computer. It's the dinner and discussion seminars. It might be helpful for you, Carla, in this situation. ncwealth.com, your place to go to sign up right now on your smartphone or computer. There's more coming up on today's show. You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. It's getting to know you time. We're getting to know Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland a little bit better on today's program where we quickly sidestep some of the financial talk just to get to know your advisors a little bit better here on the program. Guys, a different kind of question for you this week. If you had to live, I know Texas is in your heart, but if I forced you to live in another state, what would it be? What would you choose? Well, you know, we are in Texas. I'd probably shoot you if you tried to force me. To live <laughs> I, uh, I graduated high school on a Friday night, and by Sunday I was uh, in California. I hit I-10 and just turned left. So in essence, I would love to live back in that state, but the things have changed a lot since I was there before. So if I had to pick an actual state, I'd probably go for uh, Florida. Florida? Oh, yeah. okay. I was just there, just there you know, a couple of weeks ago for a, a pretty good rock show. Oh, yeah. I had a really good time. Well, it's good for Florida. sun and beach and warmth and yeah, all that yeah. Good there's stuff. there's yeah. lots to do unless a hurricane's coming through, right? Otherwise, you're it's a beautiful place to be. Hey, yeah. just 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 run away from the hurricane. That's right. That's right. That's all right. right. What about you, Jonathan? Um, I would say Colorado. I'm a fan of the the colder climates uh, that we don't often get here in Texas. The the sweater weather, as it's called. Uh, I do enjoy the three weeks a year here in Austin. We get to break out those sweaters. So uh, my in-laws lived in Colorado for a couple of years there and got to, to go up there and visit them and kind of saw the state from, from Denver all the way across to Grand Junction. And I really enjoyed it. There's something about that cold, crisp mountain air uh, that really speaks to me. So I wouldn't mind having a little cabin up there uh, to kind of get away. Uh, that one sounds very nice. That's Colorado's on the list to check out for sure. I'd, I'd probably yeah. say Pacific Northwest. I really enjoy that part of the country up there. 
we thought about moving out there before, but uh, but you know, same kind of thing. Just uh, couldn't quite pull me out there these days. But right, right. Love the outdoors. It sounds like Colorado gives you something a little bit similar there. Yep, absolutely. Very cool. That's getting to know the team at Noble Capital a little bit better on today's show. Stay tuned. We're going to talk some more about your finances coming up on today's show. How can you put together a better financial plan? We're answering those kinds of questions today. Stay with us. Want to have a great meal on us and learn a little about retirement at the same time? Go to ncwealth.com to see our list of upcoming dinner events. You can reserve a spot right there online. Just go to ncwealth.com to RSVP. Come hungry. We'll see you there. Time for another mailbag question here on the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Walter Storholt alongside Jonathan Berkland and Jess Hamill, the great team at Noble Capital Wealth Management here in the Austin area. And our question comes to us from Larry in Austin. Submit your questions online, by the way, at ncwealth.com or by calling or texting 512-492-3800. Larry says, I just heard a great presentation about investing in oil wells, and I'm ready to jump in. Just wanted to be sure I'm not making a mistake. What do you guys think? Larry, Larry you know, it's, that's, there's no way to say if that's a mistake or not. It depends on, on what you're doing. Is that extra money that you've got on the side that you're wanting to try to hit a home run on, or is that stuff that you're planning on retiring on? Yeah, that's, like, that's what it comes back to is what does your plan look like? Do you have a plan that, that has your income solved for, and now we're just talking fun money? You know, uh, Maybe it's going to be legacy money, and you're not too concerned. Your time horizon is pretty long on it, and you know, if, if, if it uh, hits the fan, it's not going to be an issue. Maybe so. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to what do they call her AOC, you know, that that would be a bad investment because the world's going to end in about seven years if we keep using oil. So I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't base it on that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of alternative investments out there, and it's certainly something that we we kind of can help coach our clients on. It it really comes back to the plan, though. Like I was saying, you know, are those assets you're relying on for income and, and retirement purposes? If so, we might we might say may, maybe not. Let's let's make sure we have our bases covered before we we stretch out that far and take that kind of risk. Yeah, and you know, especially being here in in Texas, where you know we're so oil heavy in the industry, yeah, yeah. it's funny that a, a lot of people around the the rest of the country think that that's all we do here is so, you know, ride horses and yeah. you know, oil well <laughs> yeah, in our front that's yard. Right, that's right. Um, so it's kind of funny to hear a couple of uh, Texas based advisors shying away from investing in oil as something that's primary or safe. Um, so we're not saying it's a bad investment. I just I don't think I would count on it for my retirement income. Yeah, not primary. Yeah, yeah, and the other big factor there too. You just retired essentially, and you know now ready to just jump in after one presentation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe come check out yeah, our presentation first. Yeah, yeah we'll we might be able to lay lay out the the ins and outs of retirement a little bit clearer for you, and and, and help you put a plan together because um, that's that's not the way to to jump off right into retirement with all that hard earned money that you set aside. So take that into consideration. Thank you for the question, Larry. We appreciate that one. By the way, did I hear you just almost say there, Jonathan, Mike could? Is it, were you setting Mike up this? Mike could. You, you, you might could? Oh, I, th- I thought I heard that about to come out and you caught you, yourself. You, you might could catch me on that a time or two. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, might, I might His could. southern drawl comes out every now and You don't look at him and see a, a, you know, a Texas redneck by any stretch of the imagination. and Not that he is, but you know, he still has those, you know, bless your heart and Mike could. Oh, oh my sure. goodness. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. You know, kind of comes out of him every now and then. I had a coworker once who said Mike could about uh, 72 times a day. And it was just, <laughs> it just that now I'm tuned to him. Hear it and be ready for it. So. Yeah, like John, and Jonathan's catchphrase around here is, is "Oh my goodness!" That's, that's his nickname. <laughs> oh my goodness! I think you've said that several times on the show. Yeah, yeah. Oh I'm goodness. 
here I have. Oh, I took goodness. him. I took him for a ride on a motorcycle. <laughs> first time he'd ever been on a Harley. And we pulled out of here. I let him wear the helmet because he had to wear a helmet. And we're going on the road. It's a 25, 30 mile an hour speed limit. And we're going along. And I just I hit the throttle one time. And he said, "Oh my goodness!" <laughs> Ever since then, that's that's what we've uh, we've referred to him behind his back. And I told him that the other day, and he didn't believe me. And so Sarah walked down and said, "Hey, Sarah, what's Jonathan's nickname?" She's like, "Oh my goodness!" <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a term of endearment. Though. Oh, yes, sure. yes. It sounds to me like to work in the uh, noble capital wealth management environment, you have to uh, enjoy getting a you know a little ribbing here and there. So, of oh course. yeah, for sure. At of least course. in this division. In in in, the, in your division, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Anywhere in Jess's proximity, you got to you got to be. <laughs> ready to take it a little bit and dish it out too. So yes, that's right. That's that's all right. That's what makes you guys a good fit. Well, oh my goodness, that's another mailbag question <laughs> in the bank. Uh, great question there, Larry. Thank you for submitting that one to us once again. And if you've got questions of your own, reach out to Jess Hamill, Jonathan Berkland, and the Noble Capital team at 512-492-3800. That's 512-492-3800 or online at ncwealth.com. If you ever miss a show, don't worry. You can always catch up later with the Noble Capital Radio Hour podcast. Find it on your favorite podcasting apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other platforms. Just look for the Noble Capital Radio Hour podcast or go online to ncwealth.com. Time for another mailbag question here on the Noble Capital Radio Hour. And this one comes to us from Angie in San Marcos. If you've got a question, by the way, submit them online at ncwealth.com or call or text your question into 512-492-3800. Angie says, I haven't found a long-term care policy that I like. Are they all this expensive? Well, I would have to know how expensive that one is to answer that. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're usually fairly expensive. That's a, that's a relative term. I mean, it's kind of hard to answer that. It's like saying, is your car insurance expensive? Right. Um, but we're not a big fan of long-term care policies here. Not that they're not good. Not that they're not all bad. Or not that they are all bad. But, you know, the two issues I have with them is, one, for the most part, unless you have a return of premium rider, which also costs you money, if you don't need long-term care, you don't get anything out of the policy. And the last thing I want to do is be wishing for long-term care in my old age just so I can recoup you know, all the tons of money that I've put into it. And the other one is, is the premiums are always going to go up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, A lot of people think of insurance companies as a bunch of fat guys sitting around smoking cigars and lighting them with $100 bills and laughing at all the rest of us. And that's really not the case. Um, insurance is based on costs. So they make their best guess at what they think they can uh, – charging premiums to cover expenses and uh when that goes up the premiums go up you know the first round of them they they did all the actuary numbers to figure out how many people were going into nursing homes and they forgot one very important factor they didn't factor in how many more people were going to go when they had insurance right right so they issued all these policies and all of a sudden twice as many people started going into nursing homes the costs went up the premiums went up and people started dropping the policies which meant less money in premiums so they had to spend even more money in premiums and it just kind of spiraled out of control right and in case you're not aware mm-hmm. healthcare costs aren't going down anytime yeah, soon exactly. <laughs> but you know we've got we've got a much better way um, Angie to solve that than using a long-term care policy and that is just with income those guys use scare tactics quite a bit you know they'll say hey uh, a nursing home today is you know five six thousand dollars a month spread that out over time with inflation that might be nine or ten thousand dollars a month by the time you need it, do you have an extra $10,000 a month? People are like, oh, my God, no, I better get this insurance policy. And what they forget about is if you're in a nursing home, you don't, you're not paying for anything else. You're not paying for haircuts or gasoline or mortgage payments or you have no other expenses for the most part. So if we have an income plan that's generating twelve or $13,000 a month for you by the time you hit a nursing home, you're already covered. We've got it covered just out of income. And it's always nice to have that nice little reserve bucket just in case for some of those you know, gifting or anything like that you want to do on the side. But for the most part... Long-term care needs can be covered with a solid income plan that adjusts for inflation and takes your lifestyle into consideration. And that's 
that's exactly what we do. Um, so there's always considerations to, to keep in mind as you're working through uh, creating a, an income plan and, and considering retirement and long-term care is always one of the big things that comes up with a lot of clients. Um, but it's pretty simple to address when you kind of break it down like Jess just did. Jess, I kind of like what you said there, too. You sort of seem like you like to take the fear out of the equation. So it's being this product might be sold with fear. Let's take that out and then evaluate it and see how it stands. And yeah, often exactly. you have other solutions. People make irrational decisions when they're making decisions based on fear. Yeah, absolutely. Great question, Angie. Thanks for sending that one in to us. Obviously, would want to get a uh, very close look at your exact situation, but you seem to think what you're looking at is very expensive there, and you're not alone in that line of thinking. Many times people have a complaint like that. If you would like to get something like a long-term care policy looked at by the team at Noble Capital Wealth Management, see how it fits in with your larger financial plan, reach out. Come in for a conversation, 512 492 3800 is the number you can call or text. That's 512-492-3800 and always online at ncwealth.com. Hey, it's Jess Hamill with Noble Capital. Are you making your retirement a priority? Do you have a plan to generate income in retirement? Have you worked hard to accumulate a nest egg and now your only plan is to spend it down? If any of these questions make you stop and think, you need to attend our upcoming dinner event. We'll talk about generating retirement income in ways you probably won't expect. Seats fill up quickly, so reserve your spot today. Go to ncwealth.com or call 512-492-3800. That's ncwealth.com or call 512-492-3800. Talk 1370, the right choice. Well, thanks for listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Walter Storholt here alongside Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berklin, the great team at Noble Capital Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Austin area. And we're going to try and make financial planning a little bit easier on today's show by drawing a cool parallel, I think. We're going to talk about retirement planning and how it relates to personal training or getting in shape. Guys, I know that you are probably on the same train as me, as always trying to get in better shape, maybe so we can run or jog or walk faster, lift more weights, at least look a little bit better for the ladies out there. Uh, have you guys had your own kind of personal journeys of trying to stay in shape and, and get fit over the years? In the past, yes. <laughs> Jess loves to run. That's yeah. just his I favorite know, I, I told him the other day, if you ever see me running, you better start running too because something's wrong. <laughs> no, I actually do enjoy running. Uh, that's one of my favorite things to do from an activity standpoint. At least it was until I tripped and fell and my, my kneecap swelled up and, and I, I couldn't walk forever and was going to get on a plane for vacation two days later. That was that was a great time. But yeah, uh, I, was, I was mad at him for that because I'm always telling him, don't run. <laughs> yeah, don't. And we're going to London and Prague and he shows up limping <laughs> on crutches on crutches i gotta drag his luggage around me oh, no. all over london and Prague. it was hilarious <laughs> oh no so that that you got your workouts in that way just when, oh, you, were, when you were yeah. there yeah and it's, it's hard work crutching around a whole airport let alone, <laughs> yeah, let alone entire city it's uh you get your workout for sure in my in my 30s i got up every morning at my personal trainer at 5 30 ran for an hour and worked out for an hour from 30 till 38 best shape i was ever in, in my entire life and then uh Broke my back and everything went downhill from there. Quit working out and got fat and now I'm, now I'm skinny, but I'm no not in shape. <laughs> well, we'll allow you to draw on your past experiences of uh, getting in shape, and Jonathan and I will work on current experiences of trying to uh, do the same. Over the past year, I've gone from not being able to even jog for any small period of time to I can run a 5k now so wow I've had a good Dang. past year of getting healthy and I, I still need to I still have a lot of weight to drop but I've gotten stronger and you know everything else has been yeah, coming along with it so good the job. endurance has really increased so it's great so I can draw on some experiences here too but one thing I definitely have learned is that 
you probably just can't read a book to get in shape, right? I mean, you're not going to read a book and then all of a sudden become in shape. You can use it as a guide, but it's not going to happen unless you go and make it happen and, and do it. And I think the same thing happens in the financial world, right? But some people think they can just probably like read a book, you know, investing how to or retirement for dummies and then kind of automatically know how to do it properly. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Um, it's not going to work unless you do something, and it's amazing how many clients come in here um, having read one of those books and already think they know what they're doing. I'm right. Like, well, they're or even an article, right? Yeah, be a an book. article. Just, uh, I love you know, that. Yeah. On the Internet. Went to Yahoo.com and found this wonderful article about <laughs> retirement planning, and you know, it says, I'm going to be a millionaire. My no- money's never going to run out. How does that, you know? Yeah, but they still haven't done anything with it. Correct, correct. Yeah, so that, that's correct. We get. I mean, it's not to put down. It's great to go out and get knowledge, right? Read up, uh, find out facts, and, and help sort of add to your knowledge base when it comes to retirement planning. It always helps to talk to somebody who's a little more educated on the subject than not, and certainly helps you make make good decisions. But when it comes to it, just getting a book or reading a book is isn't uh, you know rubber on the pavement. Yeah, exactly. You, you got to combine that knowledge with uh, some drive and determination to make things happen. And Jess, you kind of touched on this a minute ago too, and you were talking about your experiences of getting in shape that best time of your life. I think I heard you mention working out with a trainer and just like in, you know, fitness training, doing it on your own, you can try, but it's so much easier when you've got a trainer or a coach there with you, kind of pushing you outside your comfort zone and taking you to that next level. I've definitely experienced that going to the gym on my own, much less successful when than using a personal trainer or some sort of coach. Right, so I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's necessarily easier, but it gets the it gets better results. Easier to get better results. Yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and kind of like you know working with an advisor, it, it, we try to make it easier, right? But the reality is, there's still the same decisions to be made. There's still the, the same retirement plan to put together. It just helps you know two heads better than one, and certainly someone who spends all their days um, really looking at, at retirement plans, it absolutely helps uh, to ca- have that expert involved. Plus having interaction. It's one thing to read an article. It's another thing to be able to look somebody in the face and ask them a question about what they just said. So right. I always, when I get clients that came in and they, you know, they read an article about one particular asset class, I always encourage them, before they even start the article, scroll to the bottom, see who read the article, because, or who wrote the article, because if the person who authored it is somebody who will be losing money or suffering some negative consequence as a result of you doing the action they're writing about, then scroll to the next one. It's going to be biased. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, as we uh, kind of walk through these comparisons, in case you're just joining us here on the Noble Capital Radio Hour, we're talking about personal training and the parallels to retirement planning. We've all probably tried to get in shape at one point in time or another, so hopefully this is uh, certainly relevant to you. When I was looking to work with a personal trainer one time, there was one that happened to be right next door to where I was working. And so I was like, well, this will be a great fit. I'll come in. I'll do personal training sessions in the morning and then go to work the rest of the day. Seemed like a really good fit. And then I was looking at his certifications, and he had all these great certifications, worked with uh, you know top university athletes, had all these really high-end things that I'd never heard of that were certifications and all these sort of things. So we started working out, and you know it really wasn't a great fit. I think he was really designed to essentially work with high-end athletes and here you know big walt comes rolling through like (laughs) you know i'm not able to do these super athletic crazy moves that he's trying to have me do so i don't think i got any benefit i didn't lose any weight or any pounds through 
working out with him because I think I was spending the whole time trying not to injure myself. Um, <laughs> you're selling yourself short, Walter. Of course, you're a you're high, high-level athlete, right? Yeah, back when I was 12. Um, you know, so I also was coming off of an ACL injury, too. So that was kind Fair of another, another reason why maybe we weren't a great fit. Well, I know certifications and designations and those kinds of things you know, make big noise in the financial world, but does it kind of follow that same rule of thumb in the personal training world where it may not be the end all be all? You know, I mean, I think it has some influence. If you're going to work with somebody, they should have some experience and knowledge, but the fact that they've got a lot of initials after their last name on their business card does not necessarily um, mean that they're a perfect fit or that they really have your best interest in mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody makes a big deal out of being a fiduciary, right? And, and while that's certainly important, a fiduciary can still do you wrong and give you bad advice, right? I mean, it's, it's just it's down to the, the individual at that point. Um, remove the certifications. It's about finding a person that you can trust, that you can work with, that helps you understand, you know, everything that's going on in the planning process and ultimately makes you feel comfortable. That's what it's all about. So don't get lost. Yes, certifications, but there's also lots of flashy marketing and, you know, uh, commercials and this, that, and the other. I mean, don't get lost in, in all of that. Make sure you actually meet with the individual, the advisor, and, and make sure they're a good fit for you on a, on a personal level. Um, just kind of like you do with your trainer, Walter. I mean, if it's not a fit, if you're not feeling it, you don't feel motivated, you don't feel confident about what's going on, then, you know, it's okay to, to find somebody else. You don't always uh, strike gold on the first strike, right? Yeah, and so a lot of it's about a personality fit. You know, when I take a client on, we I don't take on everybody that comes through the door. Right, right. And I'll tell them that day one, you, there, you have to overcome three hurdles to become my client. One, can I actually make a difference for you? I'm not just here to turn up the salesman volume and, you know, flip a product and make some a little small commission. I'm here to actually make a difference in your whole plan. Mm-hmm. Two, are you serious? Are you going to come to your appointments and get here on time? But number three is, do we get along? Do our personalities match? I'm not a good match for everybody that comes to the door, and yeah. I'll be the first one to tell them that. So, you know, it boils down to, do you trust the person, and did they explain it to you in a way that made sense, or did it sound like you were being sold? And make sure it's believable. I hate when I sit down with a client and I'll lay something out, and it's not necessarily the news they want to hear. So they go to another advisor, tell them, you're fine, you're, you're just fine. You, you, know, you came in here with $400,000, you're going to live the rest of your life and die with $2 million. And, and they believe it. I'm like, does that sound right to you? you know, yeah. Come on, guys. Lots of common sense. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. Good. Just, just use common sense and, and make sure you can trust the person. And don't meet somebody in an hour later. Let them be telling you what to do with the rest of your life. You exactly. Know, make sure you yeah, have yeah. a series of appointments like we do. It's not like buying a car. It's not just a transaction, right? Just just like personal training, you're, you're committing to something that's hopefully long-term. You know, It's, it's not as long as the, the advisor relationship where it's it's pretty much a lifelong relationship. You know, it's, But in both scenarios, it's something that there's a lot of time commitment to and a lot of really just commitment by both sides to making that relationship work. It's something more than just a transaction. So find that person that you know you want to you want to trust long term and, and have a, a, a good strong relationship with. To add to that, I would say, pay attention to how much they pay attention to what you say. So in our first appointment, yeah. I do a lot of listening. I'm trying to figure out what this person's goals are, what their comfort level is with the various levels of risk. So if somebody, if you interview somebody and when you come back to them, they're they're presenting something to you that's completely different than what you specifically said you were interested in or weren't interested in, then they're looking out for their self and not for you. That was going to be my next point is I've never been to a gym or a personal trainer where the first visit wasn't all about goals. That's like the place to start when you want to get in, get in shape and get healthy. You know, what are you trying to do? Do you want to lose weight? Are you trying to add muscle? Are you trying to add, uh, you know, distance on your run? Are you trying to rehab from an injury? All of those things are different goals for different people. And I would imagine it's the same thing in a first appointment with you guys. 
yeah, it's, uh, you know, if you go to a trainer and they walk you right over, you know, the first time you meet them to a weight bench and ask you to go ahead and lay down and we're going to get going, let's do some reps, you know, you're kind of looking at them like, what's going on? I don't understand, you know, you don't even know who I am or what I'm trying to accomplish. Very similar in, in what we're doing here in the office where we're trying to get to know you first and really understand what your overall goals and objectives are before trying to put that plan together or else what, what are we planning for, right? So exactly. kind of like what, we, what we've been saying, it's important just to make sure that first appointment is, is an interview for both sides, really, you know, just kind of like a job interview. If you're not talking and being listened to by your advisor and they're the, they're the ones just talking at you, trying to get you to do this, that, or the other, it's, it's probably not a good situation for you and, and, and maybe find somebody who's a better fit. So if you find yourself looking for an advisor and someone you can actually sit down and, and have a conversation with and, and try to find that, that trusted someone to help you through your retirement plan, uh, if you haven't found that, that person yet, give us a try. Come out and see us uh, at one of our dinner events. We do them all the time, all around Austin. Um, we, we talk to a lot of individuals and families who are looking to figure out their retirement strategy, whether you're in retirement or nearing retirement. We talk about various mistakes that retirees make and, and give you a good overview of, of our approach to retirement planning. Um, so come out and, and join us there. And if you like us, you can come and make an appointment with us, visit us at our office, and we'll have a, sort of this one-on-one -on -one conversation that we've been talking about. We can dive into the details and really figure out if we're a good fit for each other and, and work on putting a plan together. So do come out and see us. If you want to sign up for an upcoming dinner and discussion seminar, you can do that by going to ncwealth.com. That's ncwealth.com. Jess and Jonathan will be talking about things like the annuity trap, taxes, the problem with investing as if you're still working, and the danger, of course, of procrastination, as well as some other top financial planning and retirement planning mistakes that others have made in the past and how you, of course, can avoid them. If you want to attend again one of those upcoming events, uh, they host these throughout the Austin area. You can go to ncwealth.com to see the list of events and to RSVP. And you can also call or text the team and ask about attending an upcoming event as well. 512-492-3800 is the number. That's 512 492 3800. And that's all the time that we have for on this week's show. For Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland, I'm Walter Storholt. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you next time back here on the Noble Capital Radio Hour. All opinions and information expressed by the speakers on this show are solely the opinions of those speakers and not those of Noble Capital or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. All opinions are based on information the speakers consider reliable. Opinions and information are provided as is for educational purposes only, cannot be guaranteed or warranted, may change without notice, and may not be corrected or updated. Opinions and information should not be construed as an inducement to invest and offer to buy or sell securities, nor as legal tax or investment advice, nor do they take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and are therefore not necessarily intended as recommendations suitable for you. You must make an independent decision regarding investments and strategies mentioned on this program. Neither the speakers, Noble Capital, or their affiliates guarantee any specific outcome or profit. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all investments involve inherent risk of total loss. Strategies and investments fluctuate in price and value, and investors may get back less than they invested. You should seek advice from independent financial investment and legal counsel before making any financial or investment decisions. Transmission of information through this program is not intended and does not create an advisor-client relationship between you and Noble Capital. Information provided on this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third parties. The provision of such information does not imply responsibility for or an endorsement of any third-party information, opinion, recommendation, or investment product. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is prohibited without the prior written consent of Noble Capital.